This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm for the first time in a long while doing this without a written introduction. So who knows what will come out of my mouth. Who were. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're recording uh, this podcast late on a Tuesday night. It is Tuesday the 8th of March. Um, and we're doing so because we just could not stomach the live show on, uh, on Sunday after the defeat against Liverpool, uh, conceding obviously a 94-minute penalty to lose the game 2-1 to 10-man Liverpool when we were 1-0 up, when they got Milner sent off. It does kind of justify how bad Milner is that the team improved when he was sent off. But anyway... Uh, helping me go through the uh, the events of that day are Lucy White. Hello. So first billing today. That was nice of me, wasn't it? Ah, uh, is it because it's um, International Women's Day? Yes. Woo. Jen <laughs> Holyoke. All right. All right. <laughs> um, and Mr. Albert Curley. When taking you? Oh wow! It wasn't Tab supposed to be here as well. This, is prob- this probably isn't the time for that, is it? <laughs> oh, you're right, Luce. It's Albert. It is Albert. It's always Albert, isn't it? Uh, anyway, so it'd be relatively the sort of, uh, the normal stuff you'll get. Um, just sort of not some music's missing. Probably no jingles and that. I don't know. I don't know, really. But we're doing the uh, Ultimate 25-man squad as well. Uh, we'll be looking at centre-backs, and it's Jim Cannon who has the vote to be discussed for in or bin today. Uh, you've had your input on that. We'll be giving our see whether club legend Jim Cannon, the record appearance holder Jim Cannon, makes it. I think he will, but who knows? It's a young panel tonight, apart from Joe. He's just really old. Really, really old. Right, Joe? Yeah, I'm just looking at Twitter, and they found an unexploded World War II device. Really? In St Paul's Cray, yeah. Bomb disposal caused. called. But I... I reckon that's just some some of the stuff that people carry around with them. And <laughs> well, do knives. Don't do knives, mate. In central London, you do knives. You do bombs around where we live. All right. <laughs> well, the uh, the listeners will know what the end result of that is uh, before we will. Well, hang on. No, it's not how it works. How does time work? <laughs> does anyone know how time works? Anyway, um, I don't really know what we're going to do. I think we're going to go straight into talking about the game, I reckon. Shall we? We've got a jingle, Mikey. Do you want to play a jingle for the sake of it? 
Homesdale Radio. Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. There you go, that was smashing. I really enjoyed that. Um, okay, let's let's talk um, Liverpool. We've got a couple of voicemails that were fresh from the day uh, to play out in a little while. Um, if you want to get in touch um, in terms of voicemails throughout the week, you can do that at any time you like. Um, I'll be able to tell you what the number is when I start clicking the right button. It's 0800 689 Like I say, any time you like, any time you've got a question or you want to make a point and it occurs to you, just, just dial that number, listen to my wonderful voice and then leave us a message after the tone. Um, also worth mentioning, of course, if you want to listen by the app, if you go to hlradio.net forward slash mobile app, it will take you uh, on, on your relevant device, it will take you to download that. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, rather than download individually. Go to hlradio.net forward slash subscribe. Um, so let's talk about the Liverpool game. Um, the lineup I'll start with because um, there are a couple of couple of changes. Now, actually, I want to make the point early on that in the aftermath of the game with the emotion as raw as it was, what little I saw before I kind of shut myself away from it was a lot of people criticising the performance as a whole and saying we were awful again. Well... I want to make the point that I don't think that that is anywhere near true. I think we actually played particularly well up until the point we made a substitution. Uh, and I think it fell apart from there. And we'll talk about the reasons why that was. But generally speaking, I thought it was a pretty positive performance. Um, anyone disagree with me on that? Luce, you were, you were there in the half weight as normal. Did, how were you feeling? You know, without, without the benefit of hindsight, didn't it feel like a positive performance for most of that? Um, yes, I... I thought it was a great game up until you say the substitutions. I think it started to dip when they equalised. Um, yeah, overall, in hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, um, it was a relatively good performance. Hmm. Albert? Uh, <laughs> not trying to do my best Jamie Carragher impression there. It must be subliminal. Yeah. We can talk about him later, can't we, surely? Uh, I game of two halves, but the second half was kind of split. I, I guess I'm agreeing with you. I, I, yeah, it, it definitely um, went downhill after the subs, but I'd even argue that slightly before that, when they went down to ten men, that was that was a you know that was the point at which we we didn't we didn't kick on in a way that I'd hope we would. And I know confidence is low, but I really feel we should have imposed ourselves more. On what is a you know a, a team comprised of fewer people? Yeah, I mean we, we have seen obviously in the past you've seen teams sort of dig in for a result. I mean it's not that long ago, I guess that uh, we beat Hull with ten men. We had Balassi sent off uh, at nil nil and went on to win the game. So I mean you know if you'd said before the match take off one of our best players and don't replace him, you'd expect to kind of perform worse. But we didn't on that day and. But I think I think the manner at which we kind of surrendered the, imp- the impetus and the the momentum to Liverpool when we were playing very well in a system that was working, I think um, we'll, we'll talk about this a lot. And there's a couple of emails coming. In. I know Stephen Barton emailed in earlier on and uh, earlier on earlier on in the week and said um, this, this question: What effect do you think Pardew is trying to have on the game with his substitutions? And it's not just about the personnel. In fact, you know, people be expecting me to dig out um, much, and I will mention him to a point, but. It wasn't so much the 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 change as the, the um, in terms of personnel. It was the, the system change. How we tried to deal with the fact that Liverpool went three at the back, which kind of left me mystified, really. Um, but you know, we we started out. I think we went back to um, the positioning of the lineups that was 
you know, it's how we play our best football, really. Um, Kelly dropped out of the team for, for Suarez to come back. Um, and uh, Jordan Much uh, dropped out of the team, as did Connor Wickham. Um, Wickham being injured, of course, and, and, and Much was just uh, dropped to accommodate, um, you know, a midfield three of Jednak, Ledley and Kabai. Um, and with the front front three of Adebayor, Zaha and Balassi, it, it, you know, it was appealing. I, I felt, you know, we had a good chance in that game and, and it started pretty well. Um, Joe, you know, looking at that lineup and, and the way the game unfolded to begin with, it, it looked like a good choice and a good system, right? Well, it looked like a lineup of old um, and, and a lineup that had worked for us before. But, I mean, you guys are trying to describe the game, describe it as a game of thirds. I think the first third we were. We were good. We were, you know, we had intent. The middle third seemed to be that we were uh, protecting, um, protecting what we had, and then and then the last third was a, just a complete capitulation. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to 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 be overrun by ten men when with the attacking players that we have um, is just. I I just I just thought it was poor. I, I it seemed that. That you know, as the game went on, Balassi and Wilf, um, they spent less time on the ball when they should have actually spent more time on the ball. Yeah. There are obvious attacking outlets, but you know, I, I, I need to, and I will. For the first time, for me, um, I don't know if this is the apt time to do it, but I need to go after Wilf and after Yala uh, because. There's only so many tricks you can do before people eventually just kick you, and that's what and that's what that's what's happening at the moment. People know they're going to they're going to step over, they they they, they know they're going to try and trick, they're going to cut inside. So, so what Liverpool did was basically just stood there, blocked, kicked, pushed, and 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 and, and roughed us up with a little bit of of extra leniency, as per from the yeah. from the referee. But but I just I just thought we were. I thought we were poor um, in that last, uh, and that, uh, you know, the last the last period of the game is is the most vital because, like you say, two goals losers, no matter what the the, the situation, but you know, we lose two one after spending quite a bit of time at the game comfortable, and then trying to you know to, to protect what we got, and then like I say, in capitulating. Yeah, and I don't know what you're talking about when you talk about Yala and Zaha. Zaha in particular was was absolutely owned by uh, Moreno, um, who just exactly as you're saying, just stood off him a bit, kicked, you know, kicked him when he could, but generally speaking, waited for Zaha to do the trick before just nicking the ball off him. Um, and Wilf, to his credit, he does keep going, but but he got less and less of an out ball. Uh, and you know, but he's he struggled to get in the game for spells. You know, he's not quite there, is he? Match fitness wise, he's not quite firing on all cylinders there were there were moments from him but i think we built up enough momentum to be deservedly ahead and, uh, and at one nil at, at the point milner sent off you know i'm i'm genuinely very very happy with what i'm seeing i think thinking this is the best we've played in a long while we look secure we you know we've got two midfielders probably just sitting there screening the back four giving them that, that extra protection while they've been struggling a bit you know McCarthy's positioning always seemed to be right every time they had a shot it was generally straight at him because he was standing in the right spot um, and we'll talk about you know the mistake that he made in a bit. But what I want to do now is um, just take a moment to hear uh, hear one of the voicemails that was left. Um, this one was left by Tim. It was not too long after the game finished, uh, so we'll just hear from Tim now. 
every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homesdale Radio. Hi guys, it's Tim from Leicester. Um, I've just about calmed down enough that I think I can get through this without swearing. Obviously you guys can't because you cancelled the show tonight, which is frustrating but understandable. Uh, right, so where were we? At 1-0, up until they scored, I didn't think they really kind of threatened us at all. I think obviously they probably had more of the ball and whatnot, but I think the game plan was working and uh, we just kind of let them do what they wanted, but they never really looked to threaten us. And at 1-1, I think just our confidence is way too thin at the moment and it all fell apart. Um, we just kind of stepped back and and, and rather capitalising on, on playing against 10 men, we just kind of let, we gave them far too much respect and, and uh, yeah, let, yeah, penalty decision, well, yeah, I'm sure you're going to have a good one on that one. Um, I don't know, Delaney shouldn't have punted it forward, let alone uh, made that challenge. I know he kind of backed out a bit towards the end and clipped his ear on whether he dives, whether he doesn't, whether blah, blah, blah. I don't think we should have been in that situation in the first place. So, anyway, on to the next one. Let's let's roll over Reading, if we can. Um, and, yeah, let's just get behind the boys. Um, some of the reaction online has been just kind of disgusting, so I don't know how anyone can blame Alex McCarthy for that slip. It's not like he was aiming for a Liverpool player. So, yeah, have fun, boys. Speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. There you go. Very, very controlled stuff from uh, from Tim, showing the mature way to deal with a loss rather than to cancel a show and go and hide somewhere like <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there you go. That's... Um, I think it was probably the right decision for us because the, but especially for you, Joe. You know your swearometer is pretty, pretty impressive at the best of times. Had we asked you to contribute to a show directly after the game, we would have heard a few, wouldn't we? Yeah, and no, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I was past annoyed. It made me. It made me feel sick. Yeah. I was so. You know, one of them ones where you just. Do you know what? I, I, I remember punching, missing an open goal. I don't know, whenever, 18 months ago, and he cost me a laptop. Um, if, I, if I'd have been sitting there, um, I don't know, if I'd have had anything in front of me, I would have smashed it up. I, um, I was, it was my dad's uh, 70th birthday party during, during the game, so I wasn't, wasn't at Sellhurst, unfortunately. But I did watch the game, and I'm, I'm not kidding. Obviously, I didn't even, I just knew that he'd score the penalty. I'd already turned, turned the, you know, the game off and, and gone to um, gone to sort of spend a bit of time with my family, but I'm not kidding when I say I sat there in a, in the corner of room in a chair for about 20 minutes, and people tried to talk to me and I just didn't respond. I was just sort of staring angrily into space. Um, my my brother-in-law was there as a Palace fan as well and tried to sort of communicate with me about the game, and I just about managed half a conversation before I just said look I don't want to talk about it and, and moved on I was I was it was that sickening it's it's you know the last kick of the game uh, and, a, and a hotly disputed penalty as well which I'm, we would definitely get into in, in, in a bit of detail um, it was just absolutely absolutely sickening as you say Joe it's it's not not angry it's more feeling feeling sick feeling like being punched in the stomach but Tim made some really good points in there I want to talk about and we, we mentioning earlier um, that we were playing well, and I, well, I thought we were playing very well, and, and he said the game plan was working, and it was exactly that. We were set, we criticised the setup in the first half over a number of weeks. The setup in the first half this time was excellent. 
Uh, Liverpool had been high pressing. Uh, Pardew mentioned it in his press conference. You know, potentially a little bit of mind games there to try and get them to play a little bit different. But they did. They stood off a fair bit. We let them have the ball, and they didn't really understand what they were supposed to do with it for long periods. And um, and that was really really good. But um, to get a discussion going now, but. Um, he described our confidence as wafer thin. Uh, in conceding the goal, is is it just a simple case of confidence? Is that is that why we we dropped the way we did? Hmm. <laughs> you're, you're right, Albert. I agree. <laughs> Where is he, Albert? I don't know. I was talking away on mute. There wasn't I. <laughs> you idiot. You scamp. I yeah, muted, yeah, yeah. I muted it so I could focus fully on what Tim was saying. Um, yes, our confidence is wafer thin, and I fully agree on that point. Um, however, I don't, I don't agree that we've given, you know, the, isolating the two incidents, you know, that lead to the goals that cost us the game. I, you know, I, I don't think you can argue that that's a confidence thing. You know, McCarthy, as infuriating as he can be at times, you, you have to be. You'd have to be quite harsh to lay into him for for that mistake, um, and the penalty again. You know, we're going to get onto that. That's just there's no there's no legislating for that. It's um, it's a horrendous decision. So that, that's nothing to do with confidence for me. I think where confidence might come into it is that yeah, we we didn't we didn't try and take the game to them more when they had ten men. And but again, that that could be a confidence thing. That could be the instruction from the management. You know, it's it's hard to tell when you're watching from the sidelines. Um, but yeah, one thing's for sure, our confidence is definitely on the floor. Um, the next part, Lucy, you said was um, that we also paid them a bit too much respect. Now we didn't show them a huge amount of respect up until the point of, of conceding the goal. In, in your view, maybe a little earlier in mine, but but basically, we both agree that we. Um, we very much let them back into the game, but was it a case of respect? Do you think? Did we, you know, did we stand off? Were we scared to make a tackle because it was Liverpool. I'm not so sure. I don't think it was. I think that could have been anybody. Um, I, I, I still can't get my head around what happened. Yeah. It was just, it was a ridiculous game. As as Joe said, it was a game of sort of three segments, and. It's just, thirds, I don't yeah. think it, thirds, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the one. That's what they call three <laughs> I I'm not very good at maths. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it was, we were Seven. giving Liverpool respect. 17.501. So you're good at darts. <laughs> <laughs> Try and bring well, that up again. While they're bullying you. Um, you're, you're International big... Women's Day, everyone. Hey, <laughs> yeah. um, sort of going on, going on from the the idea of respect, I guess, and all that kind of stuff. Let, let's talk a bit about Alex McCarthy. I know you're a big fan of McCarthy and wanted him to uh, to replace Hennessy for quite some time. and felt yes. a little bit like me. I, I felt it was harsh for him to be dropped in the first place. I did think he he had made a few errors, but um, and, and as it turned out, we you know we looked a bit more solid when when Hennessy came in, but. You know, Hennessy's been afforded a lot more, um, a lot more mistakes than than, than McCarthy ever has. So, um, can you first of all, at the game, did it look like a slip, or did it just look like it punted it to the opposition? Because I think the fact that it looked like, you know, on the first view, if you don't get the the opportunity to view it by by a replay and see that his standing leg slips on the on the pitch, it does look like a terrible error, doesn't it? I thought it was um, a slip. 
but maybe that's because I, I like Alex and I don't want him to get all the crap that he's been getting. Um, but, yeah, from where I was stood and you know where I stand because... I occasionally stand there as well. And I kind of did that heads on, uh, hands on my head. Oh, my God, what just happened? He's fallen over. Oh, my God, we're, like, like we're going to lose the game now because they'd equalised. I genuinely think it was a slip. I don't think he intended to do that. It was just was just one of those things. And the abuse he's been getting is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, just... In, it's insane. For, for, the fact that, for the fact that it's um, you cannot intend to slip, you know what I mean? It's... <laughs> There's nothing that you can do. You can blame the groundsman. <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey. Good point. Um, look, you know, I think everyone, I think most reasonable people, particularly after um, McCarthy tweeted about it and said, look, I didn't intend to slip. I'm sorry I let you down. It's like, well, you didn't really let us down. It's, it's just something that happens. But it, it's one of a catalogue of things that seem to be going against us. Um you know, when your luck is out, it's really, really out sometimes. And you know, I, I saw that that slip way too many times for my mental health. But it was just horrible, horrible to watch the pitch give way under his foot. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you can attribute any blame to him. I, I personally don't. I know we're talking in the chat here that Terence does. Maybe next time he's on, we'll have a we'll have a chat with him about it. But um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Okay, a couple more bits from um from what Tim's been saying there. He talks about Delaney's errors and shouldn't be in that position in the first place. We'll talk about the penalty decision um, in, in a sec, but what, you know, if Damo doesn't doesn't try to make the slide from quite a, a strange angle, I, I, there's no decision really to make, is there? So, you know, are we, are we concerned about, about Delaney's form, Joe? No. <laughs> no? No. Well, a little Great. bit. No, I, I, I just what I, no, you can't blame Delaney. He's come out and he's put a you know he's put a statement out on his Instagram saying I didn't touch him. Now it, it's so rare for a player to do that. You know, he, I just I just the, the whole situation surrounding him is. I mean, look, if if we're going to go on about Delaney, just just uh, just just about him. Yeah, he's lost a bit of pace, but he's so solid in, in, in every, you know, his positional sense is 90%. He's mm. tackling, he's 90%. You know, he's still he's still very, very good for us. But, look, we were mugged by an official. We weren't mugged by a referee, we were mugged by an official. Um, a, a, you know, a, a, a lino. So, yeah. a lino with two and a half thousand Liverpool fans standing right behind him. Exactly, I thought that was really telling, and it, it wasn't it wasn't really mentioned by, by anyone that I've that I've read. I'm sure some people have picked up on it, but when it's when it's the linesman that side, and I'll be honest, when when I saw the challenge go in from Delaney and I saw Benteke fall the, uh, full speed, I thought I thought it was a penalty. I really did. Um, I, I just couldn't understand why he'd made the challenge, and it was only seeing it back in slow motion that you saw the, the theatrical fall after, you know, what could potentially be you know, a, a hair on Delaney's knee touching his boot, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Um, Luce, you said you've got, um, potentially got what Damien has, Delaney has said on Instagram? Yes. Um, <clears throat> Do you need to find it or you got it? No, I've got it. Um, for those people that haven't seen it, um, he said, 
I can honestly say I didn't make contact with Ben Teke today and if there was slight contact, I can't impede him and certainly didn't feel there was enough to award a penalty in the 96th minute. If a penalty is awarded that late, it has to be unequivocal. I waited over an hour to speak with the officials and in fairness to Andre Mariner, he said he didn't think it was a penalty but he trusted his lineman that much he awarded it. With the way the game was reft and the physicality of both teams, it was unbelievably harsh. With how Wilfred and Yannick were manhandled by Liverpool players over the course of the game, which I have no problem with, it was a really tough decision to take so late. All I can do is swallow it and hope it hope to put this right. Yeah, well, I mean, as you, as you said, it, it, players don't do that normally at all. Um, and you could see, you could see, because Marino hasn't given it straight away, has he? You know, he's, he's gone to book Benteke, and rightly so, as it turned out, uh, in my view. Albert, you know, what was your view on the penalty? What before I uh, get further into that? Um, in re- in real time, I mean, you're always nervous when um, you know a player takes a tumble in the box. Just, you know, especially, you know, sorry to harp on about it when it's a bigger team. Yeah. Um, it's a decision we've seen whether you know whether it was Moxie's handball in the first game of the Premier League season when we were up. You know, you you almost expect them to get a penalty. To be honest, it doesn't make it any less infuriating when they do. Um, but the the longer the longer the delay when the referee wasn't giving it, you know, you think, oh, brilliant, we got away with that. You know, what a great decision. And then to have it overturned by a linesman. Who we've already, you know, pointed out, is standing right in front of the Liverpool fans, and you know, and Ben Teke protesting, you know, like his life depended on it as well. Yeah, to have it overturned is frustrating. And one one thing I don't I don't like, and Pardew's saying it, and, and Lucy's just read Delaney saying it. It doesn't matter what minute of the game it is for me, you know, to say oh to do that in the ninety sixth minute is really out of order. Well, to do it at any minute is out of order. It makes it makes no odds as far as I'm concerned. But what? What is what is true and what is correct is for a for a linesman to to give that you know to over, essentially overrule the referee and the and the way that Jamie Carragher and Henri and and Klopp and people have come out and said you know saying it's a clear penalty it's a clear stonewall penalty it really isn't is it to be honest and there how how they can sit there and say that with a straight face I don't know um, so that's what's infuriating for me you know you. You went summer fifty fifteen. You think, yeah, okay, well, we'd be appealing that, and and I've had many a row with a Liverpool fan um, past couple of days on Twitter who pointed out a couple of Dwight Gale's dives against Liverpool. Um, but yeah, you know, diving's atrocious. I hate it when our players do it. I hate it when any player does it. You know, there's a difference. But there's a difference between going down easily and throwing yourself to the ground, and that's essentially what he did. And it, it's a real kick in the gut, on the, especially in the run that we're in. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like you say, it's the last thing we need in the run. You, you think back to um, the penalty that was given um, for Jednak holding um, against Watford on on Deeney, and and how often that get you get away with that in in pretty much every other game, you know. And it, it just seems if that goes against us, and then you get a penalty where we haven't given a, given against us where no contact's really made at all, and and we look at those two examples, and you think. You know, we must have done something wrong to someone at some point to be getting this this level of bad luck. You know, we're, we're not being bitter, and and I know, funny enough, Mikey, uh, producer, said before for the show, is one person who believes it was a penalty. Um, I don't know on what basis that is. I think you know, you know, 
I, I well, like I say, the only thing I could possibly say in defence of the the linesman is that a full pace, it does it does look like one, you know. Um, but I, but I struggle with it. Go on, Albert. Everyone, and again, this is this is the this is the sort of line that again the pundits were taking and Klopp was taking, and and again, you know, thousands of Liverpool fans on Twitter. Everyone saying that there was contact. There was contact. That seemed that seemed to be the argument for why it was a penalty. No one's no one's denying that there wasn't contact. I know Delaney says I don't think I touched him, and if I did, it certainly wasn't enough for him to throw himself over. But it's a contact sport. And how? And as again, you, you were talking about the um, the the Dini uh, one that was given against us. Uh, you know what what constitutes contact that isn't isn't a penalty. You know you see players wrestling each other. You know the the penalty that Balassi didn't get against West Brom. There's contact yeah, down, there. Of course. Exactly. There's contact yeah. there. There's you know there's a, there's contact enough to make someone go to the ground quite legitimately. Legitimately, in my opinion, um, you can argue whether it was a bit easy or not. But there's contact. It's a contact sport. So w- what's the what's the line we're drawing by giving giving that penalty on Sunday, where it's the it's the tiniest fraction on his heel, and D- 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 I think Delaney does really well to almost pull out the challenge, pull yeah. out. It's, it, yeah. He shows great control there. So if that's the level at which we're giving penalties, then I'll, I'll expect five or six penalties in every game of football I see well, from here on in. But we said that we said that when when you know the the Dini one got given as well. But obviously we've seen nothing change other than in that one particular minute of that one particular game. Joe, I think you want to speak because you said me three times in the chat there. Yeah, I just uh, we need to clear this Dini thing up. I don't know if we when we spoke about it last time, whether anyone said anything. What you need to do is have a little look back at that. Someone have a look back at it, right? Because Dini goes to the referee when the corners are yeah, walling, yeah, right? Said, yeah. yeah, he goes to the referee and says, "Watch this, just watch this." And then a minute later, well, thirty seconds later, he's pointing to the spot. He physically goes to the referee and yeah. says, "Watch this." Now, we I, said, yeah, we said that time he called the referee Robert. He was like, Robert, Robert, look. I, I mean, I can't, yeah, I, I, I just can't. The penalty, this, this penalty, this it isn't a penalty. It's as simple as that. Um, it's just, it's such a dreadful decision that you, you know, it, it, uh, you know when a player is, when has done it. Usually, when a player is, has touched someone and they put their hands on their heads and they just go, I can't believe I've done that. And you, you can look at their face, yeah. but when you see Delaney going as mad as what he did, you, now I can't, I, you know, the referee has seen it and he has thought, it looks like he's thought that he's going to book, that he's going to give the goal kick and he's all, but he's also going to book Ben Secchi for diving. Absolutely, 100%. Now, just, I, I don't know if you can clear this up very quickly. Are these, are they called assistant referees still or are they back being called linesmen I think they're back called linesmen now they are back called linesmen because they were assistant referees because there are a lot of a lot of these linesmen are actually referees Mm. so you know they're they're trusting each other's judgement so I can see Mariner's point of view when he turns around and says from his angle he sees nothing but from an you know from from a linesman from his angle he trusts his judgment, and the he's question, come out and said that. Yeah, the but, question is: has, has he got a better angle than Mariner looking well, straight on it? But I don't. But I don't know. I don't know. But this is. But this is the thing. But what's the, the, the laughable point about this whole episode? Is I, I can't listen to to, to Carragher because he's just he's so Liverpool. It's ridiculous. But then you get Thierry Henry, who himself is a cheat. Yeah, and I've got on record of saying that he is a cheat, and I'm pretty sure there's a few million people in Ireland that back me up. 
that he is a cheat. He shouldn't go to another cheat, right? He has thrown himself. Now, after the game, Benteki was asked, did he touch you? He went, I think he touched me. F*** off, you f***ing cheat. You don't <laughs> think he f***ing touched you. You don't just go down because you think someone touched you. We have been absolutely mugged. Now, this, I know people say, oh, we won't go down there three worse teams than us. We've got six pointers coming up against these. And people go, oh, yeah, we're nine points away from the top. We're eight points away from the bottom or whatever. But we're in the shit here. Big, big style. And if these six pointers against Newcastle and Norwich don't come off for us, right, we are in, it'll go down to the last two or three games. And if, if that one point, that one single point that we do go down by could cost us the biggest single amount in the history of football, of English football, it costs us like, we will get, what we get if we go down? 70 million? Yeah, if we is. stay up, we get a guaranteed 200 million pounds. Well, loose gel sitting on the fence a bit with what you're saying there, so... Um, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> no. what, what, uh, you wanted to uh, interject before I carry on? Yeah, I think I'm going to sit on the fence with Joe. <laughs> um... <laughs> I've seen a few clips, a few vines, um, and obviously I was there. But no matter what angle I see it from, I see a different thing. Um, I think Dan from HLTCO, he tweeted something, um, a vine, and it defi- it looked like uh, Damo touched him. It, it, it To repeat what you said, it might have been the hair on Damo's knee, but it looked like he touched him and then you look at other angles and it looks like he didn't and I just don't know um, I agree that I think Damo did well but you know it's it's, yeah. it's just when, one of those things he, he, if it had been the other way round yeah we'd have been screaming for it and if it had been the other way round we probably wouldn't have got the penalty and we still would have lost but it's just drawn. it's gone you know it's yeah, that is gone. It is done. We, you know, and 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 the kind of the last thing. And Mikey's put his point across and said the speed they're running at, any kind of touch will knock someone over. It's easy to judge with slow mo in, in a different way. And that used to be my AJ argument. You know that that he used to get the slightest of touch. But generally speaking, you're talking about a touch that, like I, I think I've said on the show before, that you're, you're talking about a collision that happens not just at, at this kind of the foot level. It's usually some kind of upper body contact or something halfway along the leg as well. You know, someone's sort of basically dangling a leg out. That's not really what you've got. You've got you've got a clip hitting the back of a boot at very best if you're being absolutely generous. And as Jell has pointed out, you've got a striker saying, oh, I think you touched me. When So he's basically saying, yeah, I trapped myself on the floor. Um, I, I can't have any doubt. There's no doubt for me. Go on, Jell. But, but the thing on the dive, watch him. The camera, the camera that's... Uh next to the goal, watch Ben Teki, right? Because it gives you the clearest indication that, that he wasn't touched. But watch him. As he goes down, he screams and he screws his face up. Yeah. Oh, what, like, that's, that's cheating. That is cheating. I don't... I just, I just can't get my head around... No, like, what, what is this with this Premier League? They're all, they're all like, going... You know, no one's turning around and going, he's a cheat. You know, you know when uh, 
who, who did all the swan dives for Man United before he was called out by Moores? You know, the Villa. Ashley Young. Ashley Young. Yeah, I mean, Young. I mean, he, he literally, you kick him on the halfway line, he can, he can he fall in a goal to try and get a penalty. <laughs> but, but in the end, after, what, after that, and again, we were mugged at Man United. They got a penalty and beat us, right? That, do, you, do you remember that game? Um, outside the box. Outside the box, and he landed. But he almost landed in the six-yard his six yard box it was that bad a dive but afterwards Moyes called him out and said stop stop diving you're embarrassing you're embarrassing yourself you embarrassed the club but no one's doing this I can't get I can't get my head around why no one's I mean listen Hardy as, did it to Shamat didn't he yeah as much as I as much as I dislike Collymore especially being you know International Women's Day and stuff like that <laughs> but he has got it bang on <laughs> Absolutely bang on. I don't know if you've read anything that he's... But, I mean, I listened to it, and he turned around and said that that is unequivocally cheating. He has cheated Palace out of a point. And that was a big call to make, because, you know, he gets a lot of crap, and he did get a lot of crap as well while the game was going on. He said, I'm not interested in Liverpool fans trolling me, like right now, trolling me all over the place, he said, because he's cheated. And done Palace, you know, and that's the thing. It's, this is a huge, it's a huge thing. We were all talking about, you know, the Chelsea players when they go down. And again, we got mugged at Chelsea, didn't we? When we lost one 0 last game, we keep getting mugged by these big clubs, and the referees shit themselves because they because they're scared. I I, I just I just can't. But again, it's, it's the hypocr- hypocrisy. You mentioned the fact that there's, there's no real major attention on it. It's almost kind of brushed under the carpet. You go back to, to Wickham's elbow, which was unacceptable. To Elbow over time and the way he did, and, and you know, he gets trial by media and he gets three game ban and all this kind of stuff. Retrospective action, yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's, so, why, why can't they? Why can't they? Who, who got banned? Someone got banned recently for, for retrospectively, but I don't, I don't think it was like you know, like the elbow. I can't think where it was, but listen, I, this is what needs to happen in this country. We really, really need to, to have whether the referee's seen it from a different angle. You know, we, we. I mean, the referee can. We got we got two linesmen, and we've got a referee. But we st- but a, for the ball to go completely over the goal, we still need goal line technology for the for the goal to be. You know, because there's been so much. This this there's been a, a hue and cry about it for so many years. These games are massive. The massive, massive. You know, he's he, he, someone shot him from the crowd. He screamed. He's tur- he's, he screwed his face up. Screamed, and then you ask him after the game. Yeah, uh, well, I think he touched me. Why'd you scream then? Why, why, why did you look like you? Someone had shot you, broke your leg. I, I, I just can't understand why retrospectively the Premier League are not going. Well, as it happens, look, we can't overturn the result because it because of what it where, you know because we can't overturn the result. But what we can do is go. You're a cheat, but what you've done is not in the spirit of the game. All right. And, and so you deserve to have a little bit, you know, to stop you doing it in the future. Because sometime, so, you know what's going to happen sooner or later. Oh, just just while I'm thinking of it, did um, uh, Beardy get sent off in a uh, uh, <laughs> sent off in the changing room? Beardy, <laughs> uh, don't genuinely <laughs> don't know. Um, I mean, that's not coming out. It seems to be all over social media. But you know, I, I can't believe that one, none of our players chinned him, didn't chin him on the on in the tunnel. I cannot believe that. Um, a couple of things, Joe. Um, first of all, before the show, you said you were going to outramp me, and you did. Well done. 
you um I, I will never compete with that that was a good rant it had additional tangents i enjoyed it um but you're right you're generally right mikey's um saying that technology wouldn't have helped we're still arguing about it now what he's missed is the fact that it's only him in the entire world who thinks it was a penalty and a fucking scouser piss off mikey <laughs> Gel's meant to be yeah. the closet scouser. Exactly. Yeah. I, I hate him. I hate him now. <laughs> Love to hate them. I hate him and I hate Ben Teke. And the worst thing is, they pay 32 million quid for him. There is not a single Liverpool fan up there. I, I see it all over social media. It is absolutely, he is dreadful. And now they now- love him. Mike is also claiming that uh, it's actually 24%, not 25%, Mikey. Uh, fans agree that with Mikey that it was a penalty, and he's claiming that they're Palace fans. You don't know for certain that they're Palace fans, Mikey. He's Liverpool fans. On a poll of four been... of his friends. <laughs> 21% of people thought Jordan Mutch was man of the match a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you can't trust don't anyone. Start. Don't start. Yeah. It's a shame Mikey's... Uh, well, no, it's not, not a shame that he can't speak, because he usually says the C word when he's on, on air. But, um, but can, yeah. I, can I give you some just a, uh, I mean obviously right, Lucy did want to speak but go on oh you... sorry just, like, just a bit of social media Lucy I put a tweet out a little while back and said you know like, we're doing a we're doing a podcast not a live show um, give us a give, you know give us a, a few uh, so I said Who, uh, yeah but Mark Dallimore turned around and said look you know they bought on Coutinho, uh, Coutinho we bought on much I don't think he's slighting much at all but what they're saying is that they can bring on the class of someone like Coutinho um, you know he said that it, it was a good effort but their squad is different class uh, down. and then he also said uh, admit it we miss, we miss Jason Punchin which we don't um, we do you seriously we, telling me that bringing on Jordan get, much get, not bringing on Punchin get, Sorry, stop taking. Just say no, kids. When you listen to him, you are um, you are insane, Joe. <laughs> but there's you know there's there's just uh, there's just so many people that have have got a stress about this. Um, uh, who who did this uh, uh, petition, by the way? I thought I'd, I had to ask Cole Mortimer because I know he does a lot of uh, you know this petition at the FA is supposed to be. Um, Wasn't me. It was Adam someone, I think. Oh, was it? How do you feel about that? Adam Johnson. What, what petition? A, a petition that someone's... Uh, a, a Palestine's gone on to the FA website and petitioned that Liverpool be deducted six points and, and Benteke shot at dawn. Um, um, <laughs> the, shot, the shot at dawn, I just made that bit up. Well, that's, I, can't, I can't work out six points. Cause you, you know, maybe think, ooh, double for cheating. I think, come on, the FA have a rule where if you're a smaller club than the club that you played against and you appeal your decision for against for a red card, your player gets banned in additional games, you know. Uh, if you're a big club, you're allowed to uh, appeal it and get it granted. That's unfair of me. I've, I'm casting aspersions on the FA and their decision-making process. Although, Joe, I do, think, um, I do think it's yet another situation where they should have get your system of employing old ladies at the FA exactly. to, uh, to make decisions. You're, week by week, that's becoming less of an insane suggestion. Uh, Lucy, do you remember what you wanted to say? Is it gone? Um, it was just to pick up on what Joe said about the technology. Um, I agree that we need to have some technology, but if we had a stop-start, say, like they do in rugby or they do in cricket or they do in tennis, surely that would take away from the spirit of the game. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of disagreements and the cheating... Yeah, you could argue that also takes away the spirit of the game. But football is a fast-paced, action-packed 
sport and if you suddenly add all these different elements which pauses the game and it just doesn't make it fun anymore and no, you're right you could never you could never do that you could never introduce the kind of uh, the level of, of technology that would would allow you to dispute every decision and allow someone to watch you know whether a throw in's been given correctly or whatever even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, I've always said I, I'm not against the review system in, in terms of a, of a manager can appeal a certain type of decision, be it a red card, be it a goal, be it, you know, send yes. off, uh, off or a red card, I've just said. I mean, a penalty or a sending off or something like that. Maybe once, once a half or something along those lines. Yeah, you get um, two, you can use, each team has two they can use. And it's the manager's or the captain's discretion when they use them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that would be good. But you know, if you use them in, if you use it, and then and it's not given, and then another a, a blatant one is made and it's not given. You know, yeah. how do you go? Uh, it's just I don't you know. know. I know you mean, but you, you've got you just got to be sensible with it. But I, I just think that um, you, you know. The the thing is, you don't you wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't you'd want you'd want to say the 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 adult thing to say is that you know over the course of uh, um, you know a, a regular season, generally speaking, these things should even themselves out, and that human error is as much part of the game in terms of refereeing as it is as it is the players and the managers. You know, you you can kind of look at it that way, be a bit philosophical about it. But when you're talking about the, the sums of money that that you know Joe rightly brings up quite a lot. When we talk about this stuff, it does, and and the you know the level of attention on it, you know, particularly at the top division, you really are being sort of pushed into a corner where where this sort of thing potentially, you know, needs serious serious looking at. Albert, yeah, I was just gonna I was gonna um, disagree with Lucy. You know, the, the the game is very stop start. You know, the ball goes out for a throw in or a goal kick or free kick or an offside. You know, almost as much as. Any other sport, you know, is it is it the ball's only in play for about sixty minutes in an average? Unless game you're playing a Tony Pulis team, when it's unless you're playing a Tony Pulis team, of course. Um, hoof, hoof, and naked headbutts. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, not for every decision. I, I don't I don't care about if a throw on goes the right way or not, or you know, corners and goal kicks. But for but for you know, for plays and phases of play that have a direct or can have a direct impact on the outcome of the game whether it's a, an offside decision that you know that's led that's led to a goal a penalty decision you know handball decisions you know in the area for, for penalty area incidents you know that, that's why in european competitions you know they have these extra officials standing there but guess what they're prone to missing things as well i don't think having an extra official you know standing behind the goal on on sunday would have done us any favor because he'd have probably been up the other up the other side opposite to the lino um <laughs> but you know, you, you need you need to regulate these things, and again, it, it doesn't. Again, whether it's a limited amount or not for every decision, but for for, for key decisions, 
you know, why why can't why can't that happen? Well, you know, we all sound like a broken record. You know, I, I was ill; I couldn't make the game on Sunday. By the time by the time Benteke had stepped up to take the penalty, I'd seen the replay maybe five or six times. You know, why can't someone somewhere in the ground be doing the same? No, it's, it's a very good point, and you know, like you say, like I was saying, for, for the key decisions, it just feels like it's something that's got to happen sooner rather than later. Um, because of what's at stake, as I said, it's it's just too much. Um, we've got plenty more to come, really. We've got some uh, loads of contact we've got over the course of the last couple of days on Twitter as well, and we've got a uh, another me- voicemail message. I have just lost the name, but I'll give you the name afterwards, unless he says his name during the course of the message, w- which case I won't. But um, we can just play out um, another voicemail again. Give it context. Context. It was very soon after the uh, the game ended as well, so some proper roaring. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Yeah, my name's Daniel from um, Willage on my way back from uh, Palace, Liverpool. I know there's going to be a lot of people slating Alex McCarthy on your show today. Um, I can't really say that he's at fault for their goal. To be honest with you, he went to kick the ball, he slipped, and it went to one of the players. It happens, unfortunately. Um, although I was sitting in the White Horse Lane end, I'm not 100% sure of if the penalty um, that Ben Teke won for Liverpool was a true penalty. I'm not sure. But one thing that I will say about this game, um, and unfortunately about our manager at the moment, is that it seems that he might be a little tactically inept. Um, well, let me rephrase that. It could be that he doesn't necessarily have a plan B. Um, we're really good on the wings. We're excellent on the wings, actually. Haven't got any problem with that. But it seems that once that's not working, he's unable to find another way to break the team down. I'm pretty sure that's the reason why we bought Johan Kabay, but it doesn't seem to be working. The match in itself, um, all I want to say is when we went, when uh, sorry, when Liverpool went down to ten men, we should have smashed them out of sight. But for some reason or another, the players just forgot. It seems that we had the extra man. So, yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed. Um, not going to enjoy work tomorrow, but hey-ho, that's the that's typical palace. Um, yeah, on to the next. All right, thanks, bye. That's brilliant. Thank you to, to Daniel for leaving us that message. Um, you can tell from his voice. <laughs> that's how the entire show would have been in that tone of voice um, if we had we done it on the same day um, but definitely this, this one's not far off it's not far off it no no I'm trying to inject some enthusiasm into it um, but um, you know what I mean that's you know I, I think there's some really good points there we've, we've covered the fact that, um, that and Daniel agrees that Alex McCarthy wasn't at fault I thought it was really interesting to hear again I won't go into the, the penalty stuff we've done enough on that but interesting to hear that from the White Horse Lane end he wasn't sure you know be that being the closest end to the incident um which shows you, you know, looking at it at full pace live, it's it's possibly a, a, a very difficult thing to know. Um, but what I want to pick up on there um, are particularly when he talks about the plan B, and I, and I like the fact that a lot of people do say, "Oh, well, there's no plan B," and it, it can be quite a, a lazy criticism at times. Um, I, I find because when you say to the people, "What should the plan be?" Well, what what is a plan B exactly? What do you mean by that? They, they tend not to be able to elaborate too much, but uh, Daniel's elaborated quite well there. He's talking about what we do when, when we're not functioning down the wings. 
um, and and that the ethos Kabai was there to to sort of deal with that. Um, I, I've got my thoughts on on the, the tactical side of things on, on, on Pardew, but but let's let's talk about Kabai first. Um, is is it fair to say, Joe? Is it fair to say that Kabai as a signing isn't working? Oh, right. Um, as as something you'll hear every day in PMQs. Ben Allen Allen tweeted me earlier when I said, look, we're doing a podcast. And he said, was a decision to sign Kabai uh, Kabai for 80 to 100 grand a week, a decision that's paid off, could have got a centre midfield and a centre back for that. Um, I I need to cover a couple of points. Firstly, people were saying, you know, there's no plan B. When things were going good, that's all people were saying. We had a plan B because he'd bring on a, a player, and a player would fit straight into the into the you know the team that was buzzing, and things were going good. So we had a plan B and a plan C. Now things are going rubbish. We haven't got a plan B. <laughs> going after certain players, I mean, going, people going after much ridiculous. This just ridiculous. Um, well, we'll have a chat about that in a second. Yeah, I mean, Chris? so. Um, but I think for, for effort, for, for, for all rounds, you know, you don't have to be stylish and a bit and have massive ability. But like I said, you know, to be a to be a successful Palace player, you need to have effort, huge effort, and, and a modicum of ability. And he's got both of those, whether or not you see it. But anyway, um, but Kabai as I thought about again, me and Dan had a, and, and, and Ian have, have had various chats on this. And it seems to be that you know people are saying, "Oh, you know, since the Americans have have, uh, have come in, we've we've been, we've been rubbish," which is which is rubbish. But, but you're saying that I, I have I thought I put a valid point the other day. Since Joel Wall got married, he has been inconsistently not very good. He's probably had two good games for us since he got married, which is what three, four months ago. Um, Same happened to me. <laughs> but I, I just, you know, uh, goodbye. I think there's, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know what his his attitude. I don't know whether he's got a good attitude, whether he's got a bad attitude, whether he's a, you know, uh, a, a bad egg in the dressing room. But it seems to be that since he has come along, our team spirit doesn't seem to be as it was, and I'm not blaming him. But that could be because things have not been going very well for us. So, but there seems to be a, a, a lack of um, the team spirit. Seems to have gone out the window a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, we can we can be clutching at all kinds of straws at the moment. But yeah. see if we if we if we go out. I see what I change it all. We we need we have to do Norwich no matter what. It's the biggest game in three years for us. The Norwich game. Because I think if we don't get anything out of that, then we're in the rubber, we're in the mire big time. And I think after that, I think you'll see you'll see the change. If we get the result that we need, I think you'll see you'll see the change. Yeah, the pressure the pressure will lift and, yeah, and you know, huge, hugely. Hugely. Um, and people going after people going after after um just after the manager and the tra- and the and the and the owners again, it's just like, we've got to stop with like we're not Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. We aren't. No matter what people think, we aren't a big side. 
I know. Yeah, we we have overachieved, and it and it now is more, even more evident. We've I think. Overachieved. Yeah, I think. I think. But the, I mean, the run is is not just um, return to status quo. We are we are massively underperforming at the moment. But but I do I do know what you mean. Um, but people are going to be apoplectic soon because you know people that look like me that that, are, that, 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 are, that champion people like Damo. I mean, Damo's thirty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so we so chances are we'll probably lose him at the end of this season. Might <laughs> get one one more. Oh, sorry, Luce. <laughs> Big hugs. Um, um, but but we're also going to lose. Uh, um, you know, we, I reckon we're going to lose six players. That's what I reckon. Right, right Al- Albert, you've got to jump in here because uh, you've been waiting a while, and then Luce afterwards, and I'll um, I'll add a little bit at the end before we start moving on. No, I just wanted to chip in on the on the Kabai question that was raised. I think I think it is, you, you know, you can say we got we could oh, we could have got another centre half and whatever for that money, but he, you know he is worth it. You know, if 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 we didn't have him, and I know it's it's all with some buts, but you know how how, how crucial was Kabai to some of our earlier results? You know, whether it whether all it was was you know stepping up and whacking a penalty in against Watford and you know all the other spot kicks he's taken. You know, he has he has secured us. Quite a few points, and if and if we didn't have that, if we didn't have those points, we'd be we'd be you know we'd be seriously in in the stuck. And well, I think one thing that's it applies to Kabai especially, and I think it certainly applies to the team as a whole. You know, it's no coincidence that James McArthur's been out for a fair while, yeah, and yeah. we all know that that Kabai Kabai and MacArthur rely on each other. You know, MacArthur puts all the running in, and his you know as much as I like. Jedi and, and Ledley to an extent, you know, they're, they're no way as good. They are no way as good and not as effective. And Kabai's having to do more, and it's obvious that he's either injured or he's burnt out or a combination of the two, but he's, he's just he's not 100% physically, you know. You so think, you, he's not you think be back, effective. You think back to the run that you're, that you're referring to at the start of the season when, you know, when we're sitting there in, in fifth position and all that kind of stuff. And we were saying we were having a hard time picking between MacArthur and Kabai as to who was the more outstanding, and both were outstanding. Uh, there is no, there is no doubt about that at all. Um, they have a complementary style. That, you know, we, we talked about over the last few weeks, in particular, looking at looking at, uh, at missing MacArthur, the fact that he's not there doing that box to box job uh, that gave the stability at the at the back because you know he was always there. Think, think how many shots that MacArthur's cleared off the line for us. You know, and that kind of stuff. It's it really is, you know, it really is a big miss for us and, and a, a bigger miss for, for Kabai himself. But at the same time, a player of his class, you know, you know, you, we need him. We need him to dig in in, in these times. And I, I'll be honest, in this in particular, this particular game, I thought he was, I thought he was very good. Uh, not in the way that you kind of imagine him, but he just held the position that he needed to be in. He was in the right place on the pitch the majority of the time. You know, dropped deep when he needed to drop deep, but got involved up front when he needed to get involved up front. And for me, that's where we'll start talking about about much. And I will have that a short debate on that with uh, with Joe. I know people don't really want to hear me talk too much about much, and to be honest with you, I don't either. Uh, but I, but I want to talk a little bit around not again not having to go at uh, much in particular in this in this case, but have, having a little look at the substitutions before we um before we end this discussion, the review, and get onto the the ultimate twenty five. But Luce, you wanted to put your view across. Yeah, um, I just wanted to pick up on what Joe said about our spirit is, is gone. Um, I agree with that, and I said it some time ago that we're not a team anymore, we're just individuals. We, they don't seem to group together anymore like they used to. Um, but, you know, I, I think, would you want to be all happy and 
after the current form. Exactly. We aren't as fans, so why should they be as players? There's obviously something that's not quite right, and I'm fairly confident that it will pick up again. When that will be, I don't know. But that's, um, that's a great Friday. It's <laughs> a great observation, Lucy. That, that you don't you talk about team spirit going going wrong. You know, of course, you're absolutely right. It will go. It will give that appearance. When, when the team's on an 11 game in the league without winning kind of run. It does do that. You know, it does do that in any walk of life. Um, if people are having a tough time, you know, the arguments come out, you know, people fall out. I can remember falling out with people over when we lost 3 deal to Brighton just over nothing, you know, for the course of about two weeks. <laughs> still just, not over that. So yeah, sorry, mate. It was about the tea again, wasn't it? But, um, no, in all seriousness, it, you, it's, I do genuinely think that's, a, that's an ex- excellent point you've made there. It really does ring true um, I think people overplay the whole idea of you know the spirit and the camaraderie I think if you were at the the, the, the training ground you'd probably see in evident, evidence you'd see um, you see that in the videos that go out anyway that they're very much together and, and, and happy majority of the time but we see them more often than not we see them before during and after a game and particularly at the moment seeing them after a game they're not going to look like a, a unified bunch of people they're going to look like a bunch of frustrated professional footballers who can't catch a break, which is what's happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, but last, last little bit on on the game review, because I feel that we need to. We, we talked earlier on about trying to pinpoint um, the the moment it changed and, and how it's the game was split into thirds, if you like. Now I want to talk a little bit about the substitutions. Now it actually genuinely isn't going to be a, a, a too much of a, a dig at Jordan much. And and what I will say on it, I've I've talked a lot over the last few weeks, and I made the point saying last week that. Um, that, that he actually played pretty well, um, and that I, I can applaud his effort. He absolutely is one. Of, he's one of the most committed players on the team. Um, he'll run all day. Um, and if I'm completely honest with you, that's that's what I feared. And you, you, those of you um, on the show who are looking at the the chat during the game, our Facebook chat during the game, will recognise that I said I don't like this substitution the second that much replaced Kabai. And it was because Kabai was sitting very much in one position and playing his role the way he needed to play it for that game. His game management is excellent. He controls when he needs to run, when he doesn't need to run, when he needs to play a simple pass or when he needs to look long. He, he's just a very intelligent, classy footballer, Kabai. Jordan Much, with the greatest of respect, is a headless chicken. Um, if you could do a heat map of That's Much... When it, if you could do a heat map of harsh. Much... It's harsh on chickens. <laughs> if you could do a heat map of him um, for his first five minutes on the pitch after being brought on, brought on it'd be like essentially a spiral of the pitch where he was just running around chasing the ball that is that to me I'm, I, I don't want to be too oh, that you know, call me harsh oh, that is that's commitment that's him wanting to get involved that's what him, him wanting to make an impact but that's to me that's him losing discipline that's him not underst- and, and, and like I said last week Pardew has to take responsibility for that because when he's brought much on, he hasn't said, Jordan, go and play where Kabai was playing, do the same job as Kabai. He switched us to 4-4-1-1. We had a system that was working. You know, what chance has this guy got to stop me slagging him off? If we're going to bring him in and stick him in behind a striker in a system that doesn't work, and they, particularly when they've switched to three at the back. So we nullified every attacking threat we had by leaving, you know, leaving one up top. And then the later substitutions were a disaster. Gail... Re- sort of trotted around like he didn't really care and, and Sacco just just doesn't look right you know he's had too much time out so do you know what I mean we actually what do you mean he doesn't look right 
it just doesn't, does he? Do you know what I mean? It just, there's something up. The player we bought, when he came into the team, he was getting shots away, he looked dangerous. You know, he was running with the ball. Now it's it's just, he, he looks out of, out of out of sync. Do you know what so I mean? We've, so we've gone after three players in, in a minute, so we're not going to go after, we're not going to go after Wilf and Yannick. Just, no, no, we absolutely, we absolutely can, and we we talked about those. But what I'm, and Pardew himself said, Joe, that the subs didn't work, and it's a shame we've left it right to the end for me to sort of go on off and a. Uh, but we have no impact. We have no in product from from our two most mm. experienced wingers. Now we have no in product from them. Yeah, but I mean, although they they've both been scoring this season, I don't think that's completely fair. But. I'm, I'm, Mikey might have put a heat map up for me. I've <laughs> Jordan much. I mean, just have a quick look. Very black. Um, is cool. well, on well, that gel though. You, you can say he's got no end products, but you know, look at look at the ball and and and, t- and two two class bits of play. I know it's you know across a, a couple of games, but you, can, you know, Will's getting really good. The, the pass he laid on for uh, Martin Kelly against Tottenham is a fanta- is a fantastic bit of play. And he played. A, he played a very clever, cute little ball into Kabai in during the first half on Sunday, and Kabai narrowly misses. Now you can't say he hasn't got end product. Half the time he doesn't have end product is because he's got three or four players swarming him. And you know what? What, what chance has he got of getting across him when he's got when he's got four defenders all over? Well, he, well, he, well, he actually doesn't have to get across him. What he has to do sometimes he has to pass it backwards so that we stop the position do of the ball. Yeah, but he, doesn't. he does do that. He does. No, he, 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 yeah, but he doesn't. I say, if you look at the amount of time that he loses, I'm not just going to pick out Wilf. I'm going to pick out Yannick. But they, 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 they turn into one-trick ponies. It's like, oh, let's see what we can do. If we can flick, we can step over. When, when what they should be doing instead of going for the third step over or trying to beat the same player twice. He's Sorry, Joe. Can you stop speaking while Lucy rearranges something and makes a huge amount of noise? Sorry. Sorry. Just, off just try and cross the cross the ball at any cost. Not try and beat him again, and then beat him again and again, or lose the ball, or get pushed off it. I just, you know, we just, he just has but to cross be... it to who? Because no, no, but it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter because his job is to cross the ball. But his job is to cross the ball. It doesn't matter if there's anyone there. We can coat someone else right. off then if they're not there. He needs to provide crosses. <laughs> I, I think that's I, what he's I, there I, for. I know the point you're making, Joe. So I'm not. I'm not going to. Not going to dispute the 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 end fed product. Put, from, I'm, from, I'm fed up with the with the, the the flicks and tricks and everything. Just run down the wing, cross the ball. I don't care. You know, if there's if there's no one there to head the ball in or to attack the ball, then we can then we can go after other players. But we'd be, we'd, 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 we'd be then asking it. him to hold it up to wait for people to get there. You know, they can't they can't win when they're there when they're our only outlet. And you've got uh, you know, and it's and Pardew's guilty of it, and the fans are guilty of it as well. Waiting for Balassi to come back. Oh, when Balassi comes back, everything's going to be all right again. But it's not because they're, they're our only outlet. They're, they're often our two highest players up the pitch, and they, you know, they're looking whether it's Adebayor or Kabai. They're they're the people that are furthest forward, running onto what what is quite often a hopeful punt up to them. If we're being honest, so if they if they're the, if they're the furthest people up the pitch and they've got the ball and they're just punting it in, into the box for no one. Then we'd we'd all be sitting here saying, "Oh, well, they need to be. They need to look up. They need to hold the ball more. They need, you know." And I know you can say, "Yeah, then we can have a go at the players that should be running in." But when when yeah. when there are only outlets by a country mile, they're they're almost damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. Yeah. So if well, they're if they're around, then then the team isn't good enough. Yeah. Look uh, again. I, I don't. I know. Understand why we went down this this little sort of uh, cul-de-sac. <laughs> down this wing, yeah. But the point I was making was that although I, you know, we have, we have talked about specific players, for me, the, the fault really wasn't in in the players. The fault was in 
the decision to change a system that was working. And it's not the first time it's happened. You know, we, we were 1-0 up when the changes so were made. go off the pod, you didn't. I absolutely am. You, you just jumped in to defend Jordan much because you're desperate for him to stay in the team ahead of punching, which isn't going to happen. But <laughs> to just deal with it. And you could put back. a stick on the pitch, mate, and he'd be in front of punching. Uh, no. No. What was that you were saying about going after players? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm Johnny hypocrite. But no, seriously, right? Look, I'm not going to go after punching. I am going to. I am going to. Two years, I've not had to go after punching, have I? I am going to talk about Pardew. Just deal. Just deal with it. I am going to go after Pardew. Pardew has, in my view, he's looked at the fact that that, that Liverpool have had a player sent off. He's looked at Kabai, who was clearly, you know, struggling a little bit and limping a little bit. Do you know what I think the biggest mistake was? The biggest mistake was not having Boateng on the bench. Because Boateng, I absolutely, I am convinced if Hiram Boateng comes on the, off the bench and replaces Kabai in the centre of the, of the pitch, I am convinced we do not lose that game. And you, you can call me wrong. <laughs> um, I can't prove myself right. But I think that, that it was the wrong player to bring on and the change of system was, was massively, massively incorrect. We were building momentum. We were putting pressure on. We weren't, and you know that's why Milner's ended up getting a second yellow because we were breaking on them and they were struggling to keep up with it. We just needed to keep that going. The only thing that that changed was they went three at the back. So the only thing we needed to do with our extra man was get him further up the pitch. Um, but the, the change we made just absolutely derailed everything, in my view. I agree with both with the boating thing. I've said for ages, and we've said for ages. Chris, when we watched him when he was 16, we turned around and said that he was awesome when he was 16. Now he's 20. You know, he's, he's had experience. It's the only way you get experience is by chucking him in the first team, telling him to get on with it. Like all these other teams seem to put their kids in, tell him to get on with it. You always know when they don't cut it because they, they end up going back out on loan. And then generally, when we loan our players out, they either get sold to that club or they just get shipped out. Exactly. But um, but he got a go, didn't he? He got a go earlier in the season, had a little substitute appearance, and everyone was impressed. And I'm sure Pardew must have been impressed. Um, And I I do worry, and I've called, again, talking about much, I've accused um, Pardew of trying to shoehorn him in the team to justify the expense. And, and, you know, I I know I'm being harsh. I, I know I am. But he's kind of, and I know he's like the focus of my frustration at the moment i've got to get now my colors to the mask if you look listen back to um to when we signed much we listened back to the podcast earlier on in the season it was excellent pre-season as well much i genuinely do think there's a really good player there i do well i i just think his mind's his mind's not right i think he's he's just over trying and and i would when i'm, when I'm talking about boating he's a kid who's trying to prove himself but he, he's been playing Central midfield, week in, week out for the 21s. Gone out and played it for Plymouth. Brilliantly there. Absolutely brilliantly. They love him down at Plymouth. He knows the position. So for me, he knows the position better than much. He's been in and out of teams for two and a half seasons and been stuck out on the wing too much. That's not his fault. You know, for me, he needs games. He needs to go and get games in central midfield regularly. Um, but it, it, I think it's costing us. this. This need, When we need to change it, the, the the strength of the players that we're bringing in and the way we're trying to adapt the system to them it, it is costing us, it's making us weaker and you talk about Thierry Henry earlier on um, Jill. he was talking about Palace at the start of the season their system that we played back then and saying he couldn't understand why we changed it and I have to agree with him he's absolutely right when we started with that system against Liverpool we're beating them, with a better team and then lost when they went down to 10 men because we changed it um, Pardew's got to get you know, look, this is an experienced manager, but 
and you know he, he should know better than all of us and you know we're just here spouting off and giving our opinions and all that kind of stuff I'm just I'm surprised he hasn't changed it and stuck with that and seen the things that we're seeing um, but there you go um, that's my view on it anyone else want to add anything else no silence like it um, just thoroughly depressed it is depressing isn't it really? <laughs> um, that'll be alright <laughs> it well, will we're going to win the cup going to win the cup I, I've, I've said I'm going to go on record as saying this as well I've said it in, uh, in chat a couple of times we're going to beat Leicester just so you know that wish right. Um, Go, going, you going can back say to... that, but then we'll lose against Norwich or Newcastle. You know, it's or <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry. Oh, yeah. well, sorry, Gary. Gary. Uh, Gary two one two three on uh, on Twitter said, um, "How many will we win by on Friday? Three. We will win by three clear goals. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I hope so. I can't. Wait. What, what do we want to see? Team wise, kids so keep it the same." I, I, I want confidence back in back in Spironi. the team. So, <clears throat> yes, Baroni, definitely. Now, look, I, I, in a way, I would quite like to see McCarthy start that game just to say, look, you know, you slipped. Let's let's go over it. Put it to bed. Let's let's make it right. This is old club as well, so I'm sure he'd be desperate to play. But um, I, I want, I, you know, I want confidence back in our in our in our first eleven, if you like. And plus, you know, we've got we've got to have that bright spot in in the um, in the season. We've got to. We've got to progress, get to the semi-final and, you know, get our get everyone to Wembley. Be good. Be good for us. Will it? No, I don't know. I'm I, saying... I, listen, I love the cup and I'm, 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 I've sat here and said we need to respect the cup and the cup deserves a lot more glory than it gets but I just fear it's becoming, it's becoming the paper that's very loosely hanging over a massive crack um, and if, if going out of the cup Meant up. If, if someone says to me, "You got to go out of the cup on Friday, and, you've, and, you, and you'll win the next two games in the Premier League for sure," I, I think at this stage I'd take it. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, just to cover off, we covered an email that we got from Stephen Barton earlier on, um, uh, talking about the subs and that kind of stuff, which is the debate we've just had. We've also got a, uh, an email in from Linda, Linda Palombo. Just making sure that isn't one of Mikey's joke names. I don't think so. She's in the forward so. reviews. Ah, she is. She is. You're quite right. Um, she was saying that she used to be much more confident that uh, Palace would see a match through. So, what's the difference between you know last year and now? You know, effectively saying that you know the buzz has gone. And uh, she again has mentioned that that Pardew was talking about how wonderful Kabai is, but and he was good to start with. But is he is he still good now? And um, so a lot of the questions that we've been asking throughout the course of the of the show. And, and she's again. She's questioning um, Alan Pardew's attitude. That you know, maybe he got a bit cocky. Started talking about Europe. A lot of people have pointed out as well the the comments he made about Warnock um, have kind of come back to bite him because he's now on a worse run than Warnock was when he got sacked and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was a good email from Linda. We've covered off the majority of it, but um, I just like the fact that she said at the end. Um, it's kind of a, a nice way of signing off. She's anyway. She's purchased her season ticket anyway. A couple of hours after the game, she's still angry, but hoping that we'll learn from this um, from manager down to supporters. Um, and she's saying, Mr. Pardew's lucky. He's got such a great chairman in Steve Parish. Um, and in fact, we're all lucky that we have such a great chairman and great potential. As painful as this experience is, we can still learn from it. And I think that's a really nice way to uh, to sign off the review. So thanks for that email, Linda. Um, well so forward, forward. Re- Four word review time and then we'll be back with the ultimate 25 man squad. 
every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Forward reviews. STL Eagles worst penalty call ever. Tim Green. I feel f***ing sick. Slightly more democratic, Lisa. No words to describe. Mummy White. Just when you thought. Kevin. Keith Millen by April. Oh, hang on. Uh, Phil Lesio. Damon Delaney is innocent. Nick Gillard. Crap officiating Costas. Lawrence Price. Milner replaced by Mariner. Now, uh, this is from Tim Warren. Still, Joe changed it. I think it said slip me a season or slip off. I don't know. Joe changed it to slip me a cog because I he's, think it was he's, he's, what, 54 or something? Slip sums up a season. Sums oh, up yeah. our season. Sums up our season. Yeah, there That's you go. five words. Sums up season. Thomas oh. Wilson. Alan Pardew for England. Simon West. Two mistakes, another loss. Quentin Soldan, cheat, 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 cheat. And our favourite and title of this week's podcast, Kevin Lyons, Defeat from Victory's Jaws. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to at whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Right, 25-man squad time. Just to run down the current members of the squad. Uh, goalkeepers, Nigel Martin, John Jackson. Defenders, Scott Dan, Eric Young, Nathaniel Klein, Kenny Sansom and Dean Gordon. In midfield, Zaha, Taylor, Rogers, Salako, Thomas, Andy Gray and Aki Rihalati. Forwards, Ian Wright, Andy Johnson, Mark Bright and Dougie Friedman. Sitting in the bin at the moment, although that's no disrespect because they were nominated. Michael Hughes, Simon Roger, Ashley Cole, John Pemberton and Sean Derry. Uh, Centre-backs today and Jim Cannon, the mighty Jim Cannon, is up for debate. Um, looking at the, uh, we'll go straight to the Lister's Twitter poll first of all. 82% in, 18% bin, so a strong in there for Jim Cannon. Obviously Jim is the um, all-time record appearance holder for Crystal Palace, uh, synonymous with the team for a number of years uh, many of those before I was born, unfortunately, but um, uh, very much an iconic figure for Palace, uh, an absolutely commanding, towering centre-back, scorer of the occasional screamer in terms of a goal, um, and just a yeah, just an all-round club legend. Um, Joe, we're going to lean heavily on you for this one. Um, memories of Jim? Oh yeah, um, I, th- I don't know. I'm think I may have. I've been about 17, thought I was a jack the lad, went to Cambridge away. Now, Cambridge, there used to be a big lake outside the, outside the Cambridge United uh, grounds, big field, and you had to walk past this lake to get to the grounds. Anyway, I remember um, saying one too many words, obviously I had a few too many beers, so far too many words to one of their fans who picked me up and threw me in the lake. Um, so I had to watch the game uh, soaking wet um, <laughs> with about 5,000 other Palace fans uh, and, uh, and, and to see Jim Cannon pass the ball back to... I, th- I really can't remember who the goalkeeper was at the time, but anyway, passed a, a back pass 
which um, the goalkeeper missed in the 88th minute. Wasn't and, we lost, McCarthy, was it? and we and we lost 1-0. <laughs> but um, he said he was just one of those, I'd love to see him out today. I'd love to see him play against Costa. Because I think what he'd do is, at the corner, when everyone's allowed to, you know, it, it, when the ball's kicked out and everyone's watching where the ball goes, he'll just walk up to Costa and chin him. He wouldn't pinch him. He wouldn't try and give him a little kick. He would just properly chin him. And Costa wouldn't be able to say anything because he probably would have chinned him in his throat, so he couldn't say anything. <laughs> He's old school, real tough. Would you know at a corner, he would put you the ball and the keeper in the net. At the other ends, he would headbutt your foot to stop the ball going in his goal. He just was fierce in the tackle and 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 typified typified what we have uh, what I've I've grown to love about certain palace players and that is just you know he may not have been the most fantastic footballer but for effort and for and for what he gave to the badge um you know he he never he never left anything in the changing room you know he's, he was uh, yeah he, a, a, a Tidy you know, so, as well. You, yeah, you talk about you talk about club legends. Um, you know, you only have to do certain things to become a club legend, but he really is synonymous with that word at our club. Fan, you know, fantastic, fantastic person as well. I managed to talk to him just once or twice, but I was, you know, obviously incoherently. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I just much the same as what you do when you go football now. Yeah, that's, that's what I don't anymore, mate. Not with the diabetes. But um, <laughs> no, he punch you in the throat, Joe. No, no. <laughs> well, you, I'm very much hoping that in the next um, next couple of weeks or so we'll have a, we'll have a chat with Jim Cannon. Um, got, got his contact details. Obviously, you need to get yourself, um, Patrick and, and Nick, involved in that as well, Joe. But um, yeah, it'd be good to good good to chat to him about the uh, the old days and all that kind of stuff. The weird thing for me is my my main memory is that, and again, it wasn't at the time. It was kind of looking back at Palace history was that he was one of the the personalities that was there when Koppel took over. That Koppel kind of felt that that had to move on to allow the club to change and progress under his stewardship. Um, but it, it you know obviously Cannon had seen us through a huge amount of. Um, out of our history and in some amazing sort of you know I, like I said before iconic moments in, in Palace history but you know that, that time I guess that changing of the guard was it a sad time Joe when, when he finally sort of upped and went it's always it's always sad when people move on from your club especially when like you say it's the, the, the thing with the thing with players is you can love them as much as you want but Sometimes only they know when the move or the retirement is good for them, and you know you obviously needed different challenges, and but you never know what goes on behind the scenes to to make players to make them leave the club. But it's always it's always sad when when genuine you know when you have genuine heartfelt thanks for for a player that goes that goes on. But I'm, I've never heard I've never heard anybody have a bad word to say about him, yeah. you know, and. Uh, but in saying that, you know, it's a rarity to hear from, from you know, people like him anymore. So it'll be great, really great to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. It was something we were going to try and arrange before, but I want to make sure he's in the uh, in the squad before we have that conversation and takes his rightful place in there. So let's hope hope that that's very much the case. Uh, Albert and Luce, again, I don't know, obviously, I know you're, uh, you're younger than I am, so you'll have even more 
trouble talking about him as a player, but just a couple of quick words. Maybe start with you, Luce. No, no, nothing. <laughs> Stunned silence. There? I don't know. I don't know really. Give her, give her a couple of seconds to wake up. No, nothing. Just gone. Um, Albert, <laughs> Ben. No, <laughs> you better be joking. No, I, no. Yeah, listen. I, there's, there's been a few, there's been a few players that have cropped up in the past. You know, since we've been doing this feature, who I've who I've been purely on the fact that I never saw them play, and there's there's players that I have a personal preference over. Jim Cannon's not trying to over you know over overstate my opinion, but he, he's lucky that he's come up at a time where there's there aren't any people in that position that I would argue that I've seen would go over him. He's clearly a legend, you know, all time all time. Um, Appearance leader. I can't think of a term for that. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, it, for me, it's an in. Yeah, and um, Lucy said the same. She seems to have lost the ability to use a microphone, which can happen. It's quite late now while we're recording this. So, um, so Lucy's gone for an in. It's clearly an in from me. Clearly an in from you, from you as well, Joe, and also from the listeners. Probably the 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 most emphatic in ever. Like you say, proper proper legend of this club. And you, even if you've never seen him play, you only have to have a look at the stats. The time he spent at the club, the amount of time he's played, it's just, it's an obvious in. So congratulations to Jim Cannon. Hopefully you'll be grabbing a word with him in the next uh, week or two. Uh, start to educate some of us about his time at Palace and all the, uh, all the goings on over that huge, huge period of our history. So congratulations, Jim. Um, I said that twice. I was so happy to congratulate him. Anyway, I think, I think I'm going to leave it there since my brain has clearly shut down and we've done done a good coming up to an hour and a half now and we've um, taken Lucy's voice away on International <laughs> Women's Day we're we bastards <laughs> you'll be in all just, sorts of trouble for that <laughs> I've just looked him, him up on uh, Wikipedia because it's nice you know I can't remember obviously you can't remember anything he said that um, 2005 uh, so sixth season um, he made a return at Palace in the hospitality department, hosting executive boxes at Sellers on match days. In 2005, Cannon was voted into the Palace Centenary 11 and was only just pipped to the Player of the Century award by the badge-kissing Ian Wright. <laughs> you had to get that bit in there. They had to, to Arsenal badge-kissing yeah. and, and Burnley. Hospitality thing, because he's <laughs> uh, punching people in the throat. <laughs> and he's Scottish. Which is not a bad some, thing. No, it's not. Some of our uh, some of our legends are Scottish, aren't they? Like Dougie Freeman. Yeah. Hi. David Hopkin. Anyway, David Hopkin. Well, of course, David Hopkin. Um, anyway, there you go. Hopefully, that's uh, that's a you know a very pleasing for ten seasons. By the way, that's incredible. Really, he's in. Think about that now. Think about that now. Yeah, you don't. You stop he's making in. a case. He's there. <laughs> he can't be in twice. Um, I wonder if he'll be captain of the whole twenty-five. Not on a weekend. <clears throat> <laughs> right i think we better leave it there since things have deteriorated massively um so hopefully this podcast makes up for the fact we didn't have a live show we promise we'll try not to do that again when we're sort of stressed and sulking and all that kind of stuff but with this run who knows what will happen um but when you hear this hopefully we'll be back um i assume it's going to be sunday to talk about a marvelous victory against reading in the cup uh so until then bye
It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mother's Day is just around the corner and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.